Ashley Peterson, Editor-in-Chief of The Saber, and you're listening to The Saber Spot on 88.5 FM WCUG. This is actually our first recording um, back on The Saber Spot for the fall 2020 semester, and really our first full recording since the whole global pandemic began. Um, so today I have Jessica DeMarco Jacobson, our senior copy editor joining us. And um, it's a little bit of a different format because um, we are working remotely. The Saber is in general trying to work as remotely as possible, but how are you virtually today, Jessica? Uh, virtually, I'm doing very well. I'm excited to talk about all the changes on campus, specifically dining. Um, oh yeah yeah i think it's very interesting yeah i agree and it's gonna be interesting as well because reporting on these things and also hearing you research them has given me more information about it because personally i haven't been on campus really since march um i know that you went on campus a little bit yesterday to kind of get a feel for what it was looking like do you want to give us just a little idea of what you saw um and for context for our listeners as well we're recording this the day after the first day of classes um so this is the very beginning of us getting an idea of what everything's going to look like okay so i actually went have gone on campus twice uh last week which was the week before school started i went on campus to go to my favorite place on campus which is the financial aid office um, and then yesterday I visited campus to uh, like probably between like 11 and 12 p.m. because I thought that'd be like a hot hour to see just how people were following all the guidelines. This was on main campus and I visited like all the, the best buildings like the library, um, the D- Davison Center. Um, I just kind of walked to all the big buildings and I was pleasantly surprised to see that everyone was following the mask guidelines inside the buildings and social distancing. Like there was this social distance line outside the bookstore. So I'm really glad to see that everyone seems to be following it uh, so far. I will probably be heading on campus again sometime today or Thursday just to see if that's still the case. Yeah, I think it's going to be a developing situation, but it is, I mean, at least for me, pretty uplifting to see that at least our our peers, our fellow students are taking things seriously and listening to the guidelines. I think a big part of CSU's whole policies here have been very individual focused um, as far as what individuals need to do, if that makes sense. So rather than instituting... Um, certain things like all online classes saying, you know, make sure you social distance and wear a mask and things. Um, So those are just some different kinds of approaches. Um, But I wanted to cover just some of the general um, health and safety things on campus. And also I'd love to see if you had seen any evidence of this whenever you were there yesterday. Okay. Excuse me. Um, But something that um, Dr. Trip Reese, um, spoke about in the uh, Return to Campus Forum, um, and that's Associate Vice President of Student Affairs. Um, He talked about a lot of different things. One of them was some walkthrough temperature takers, uh, basically like temperature scanners that you could just walk through and not touch. Um, I don't know if you saw any of those while you were on campus, um, but he said that we would be receiving those, and this was at the end of July, so I would expect them to be on campus by now. 
Yes, uh, I did see one of those at the entrance of, ooh, I think it's Schuster Hall. Yes, it's Schuster Hall, which is the building with all the flags in it and the building with like that kind of enters into Davidson with the pool table and all that fun stuff. Uh, I did see one. So it's basically like when you walk in, it's on the far right side. And it sort of looks like a metal detector. That's honestly what I thought it was when I first mm -hmm. saw it. Um, I actually saw some students trying to interact with it, but they weren't really sure what to do. There was a sign saying, oh, hey, this is the, the temperature taker. You need to do this to use it. But it seemed like they were having trouble figuring it out. I didn't personally try to use it. Um, I didn't really see many people trying to use it in general. But that was the only one I saw so far. Interesting. Yeah, because that is something that um, Dr. Reese talked about, was that it was going to be a very individual choice, essentially, that it was not mandatory to check your temperature when coming in, but that it would be, you know, just more mandatory. Um, and so that's fairly interesting. I'd like to see if people get more clarity maybe in the future about how to actually interact with them um, so that they can get an idea of, you know, their health as they are entering campus. Um, and another interesting piece of technology that he mentioned, because, um, you know, they said that they would be essentially wiping down areas between classes, like high use areas, like railings and things. Um, but also that for large rooms, they would be using, and I want to make sure that I get this phrasing right, because it just, it's very technological, um, an electrostatic fogging machine. Um, and so that would sanitize a whole room. Um, and then, you know, like I said, high touch surfaces like stair railings would be regularly physically wiped down. Um, so I am not sure the frequency at which those electrostatic fogging machines will be used. Um, but that's another interesting piece of like tech that's been kind of an attempt at a solution for this. So I thought that was fairly interesting. I wouldn't assume that they would be on campus right now while students are. Um, it seems to me that that is more of a kind of between use, perhaps like late night um, solution. But I mean, time will also tell. We are still in the very early days of this. And even as of this recording, things could change between whenever we record and when it comes out. And so I think, you know, something Dr. Markwood has continually said, um, President Markwood, is that uh, this is a very fluid situation. Um, another thing is, uh, I know that Dr. Chip Reese was encouraging people to basically wipe in and wipe out. And so between classes, essentially, you, he said you would have access to sanitizing wipes to wipe down your desk whenever you get into a room and then wipe it down when you leave. I have heard some reporting that not all classrooms may have these things. Um, so I think that is definitely something to check into to make sure that everyone does have access to sanitizing materials if that is something that, you know, they're encouraging students to do. And then, yeah, like we talked about, masks are required. Um, at the beginning of the talks of reopening, um, the messaging from USG was essentially that they didn't think that they could require masks. Um, but after a lot of discussion and honestly a lot of pushback from faculty, staff, and students, they have now kind of reversed that decision. And so masks are required all across campus, um, especially specifically indoors. Um, and um, 
yesterday and today, as of this recording, they were doing mask handouts um, on main campus in River Park um, in an attempt to make sure that everyone actually has these masks that are being required. And I, during the return to campus forum, Chip Reese also said that there would be disposable masks available in buildings for people who had forgotten them or what have you. I don't know what that has been looking like in practice in specific buildings. Um, so that'll just be another thing that we will have to monitor. But yes, I think that's the main points in like social distancing and things like that. I know that seating has been rearranged in a lot of uh, more communal areas to allow for social distancing and things like that. Um, but I think that uh, can lead pretty nicely into the talk of dining um, because I know that that has experienced a lot of changes um, to try and prevent the spread of COVID-19. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I will. Uh, before we get into dining, I did want to comment on uh, how they provided sanitation supplies to professors, um, because I remember seeing a tweet yesterday from the AAUP at CSU, which is the American Association of Univers University Professors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, American Association of University Professors at CSU. Um, they had a few tweets about... Um, a lot of faculty having issues getting access to the promised sanitation supplies. When I was on campus yesterday, I did see several stations for like sanitizer and wipes. I didn't actually go into any classes, so I can't speak on that. Um, but those were some concerns that I saw being out in the public. For sure. But now I can get on to dining. Uh, there's a lot of changes, so I'm not sure uh, <laughs> where exactly to dive into here. Um, well, I think the biggest challenge for the dining halls, um, both on main campus and on downtown campus, is trying to social distance, but still make the dining services like effective and efficient they sort of had to change the layout of both the calf and the Rankin. Um, so I, I actually got to see this in person yesterday. Um, there's new calf layout, uh, which is supposed to better accommodate uh, lines based on volume for the different sections you can go to in the calf. Um, now there's a lot less seating. I believe it's 68 uh, chairs and tables and uh the dining hall strongly discourages moving like chair to chair to visit your friends or whatever. Um, so the entrance to the calf uh, was moved to the old emergency exit door. And now the old entrance is the exit, which is a little confusing. <laughs> so, and that new entrance is facing the bookstore, correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, so I, believe um so yesterday i walked into the dining hall kind of like the area when you walk downstairs the davidson and to your right you have chick-fil-a and subway to your left you have what was the original entrance that is now the exit and now the entrance to the calf is 
outside near the bookstore, like Ashley said, it's it's pretty like obviously labeled when you're there. So when you enter the calf, you can make your choice to go to the grill or the home zone. Um, if you choose to go past that, then you can choose the remaining options. Uh, there's also a lot of like to-go options, uh, vegan and vegetarian alternatives, according to the manager, Bradley Botkins. Uh, the dish drop area, I believe, is the same. They also have a new um, eating area. The original grill area has been renamed to the trattoria, or as they called it, the trattoria. That's an Italian word for like a casual restaurant, which I, I find really funny as part Italian person. <laughs> um, but they offer like calzones, pasta, pizza, all that fun Italian food stuff, I guess. Um, let's see. So the Azalea Room um, and the Multipurpose Room and the Recreation Center. Um, that Multipurpose Room has been renamed to Cody's Corner. Uh, those both of those rooms will be used to disperse students a little bit more evenly. And I actually saw this yesterday. They set up a pretty large tent near the Whitley clock tower in the middle of campus for overflow seating. And there's like a bunch of fans attached to the poles of the tent because we're in Georgia and it's, it's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that, that's, pretty much it for main campus um running it through pretty quickly and what were you going to say Ashley well just that I since there is so little seating in the actual um calf itself you know I think they are from my perspective at least trying to push um to go options as a solution to that to not having to you know, sit either outside or in a different area and to just be able to take it wherever. Because I do know it's one person per table, so one chair per table. So, you know, like you said, it has cut down on seating a lot in the main calf area, but that is all. Yeah, it is. I believe it is indeed a one person per table. So I'm going to talk about the Rankin Den, which is the downtown eating area. So the entrance to the Rankin is going to remain the same. Uh, But when students enter the Rankin, they can either go to the hotline, which is hot food or like a prepared sandwich salad area. Uh, The emergency exit is now a regular exit. And there's only 19 tables and chairs, so very, very limited seating, it sounds like. Uh, but the Rankin Gardens and the atrium are now, they now have a tented area. I have not got to see this for myself, um, but I believe this will also have fans. And uh, Mr. Mitchell, uh, which who he's the, like, Director of Enterprise Development, I believe he works with Airmark. He stated that um, needed in the future, they will provide like heaters if it gets cold outside. So the pods on Broadway will have a meal exchange option where people can choose like pre-made stuff. And I believe dining services will also offer extended hour, extended hours, excuse me, um, depending on 
how many students are coming in. They said that they're trying to be very fluid and flexible during this time. Subway is now closed on main campus. Uh, for now, Chick-fil-A and Einstein's is still open, but you can't dine in. You have to just uh, get your food to go. And this was all discussed during an SGA return to campus forum held online on Zoom on July 28th. Um, but that's basically all of it. Yeah, and I think something to add to that, um, because masks are required indoors, is that you do have to wear your mask the whole time you're getting food and, you know, things like that. And you can only take your mask off once you are seated and eating. Um, so it's it's seeming that they are trying to be very strict with the mask wearing and with the distance and things. Um, having used to live on uh, River Park campus myself, it is wild to think of the Rankin, which is a very small place. Um, I remember having to kind of squeeze all of my friends into one area um, because it's just not a very large space. And so I think that'll be very interesting to see student experience with that. You know, we're still very on early on, like I said, so I think it'll just be something that we have to monitor a little bit. Did you have anything else you wanted to add, things that you heard from the forum or anything like that? Um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I, I didn't see, you know, the CAF being as crowded as it usually is during the, you know, lunchtime where, when I was there on campus. But even there, I saw people following the guidelines, which is very good. All right. I mean, I'm so glad that you could come and join me today, um, especially because I know that it's a little hectic at the beginning of the semester. So, you know, thank you so much for joining me. And this will also be discussed in our first issue of the semester. And you can also read my article on health and safety on campus and Jessica's article on uh, health and safety in dining on csusaber.com. And if any students would like to give us uh, their experience of being on campus and how that they've felt that, you know, safety regulations have been going, you can feel free to let us know on social media or you can email us at csusaber at gmail.com. Um, but thank you, Jessica, for joining me and thank you for listening to The Saber Spot. The Saber Spot was produced with the cooperation of the student staff of 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio and the CSU Department of Communication Department Chair, Dr. Gibson. Dr. Bruce Getz is WCUG's faculty advisor. Thank you to Joe Miller, Saber faculty advisor. You can listen to this show and other shows like No Strangers Here on 88.5 FM, TuneIn, or SoundCloud. Just search our call letters WCUG.